Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Blackhawks Talk podcast. I am Pat Boyle, joined this week by Jonathan Taves, the captain of the Blackhawks. We get his thoughts on Corey Crawford ramping up in one week for the qualifying round. What's the biggest challenge for the Hawks as they take on Edmonton? And Taves was vocal and active following the murder of George Floyd and the riots. Does he plan to use this playoff stage in Edmonton to further the conversation? A little bit later on, Charlie Romeliotis and Scott King will join me to break down the conversation. But up next, it's Jonathan Taves on the Blackhawks Talk podcast. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste. Filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness. And packaged cold for peak refreshment. Because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. All right, Johnny. Uh, let's start with uh, what is bubble life like in Edmonton? Does it does it feel a lot different than, say, you know, playoff road trips from the past? Uh, well, to be honest with you, it, it doesn't really. Um, you know, it's kind of weird if you want to go for a walk, you want to get some fresh air, you want to go for a coffee, you can't really do it. So, um but, I mean, you know, we're finding ways to complain about that, but ultimately it isn't any different than, you know, our cup runs where we, were, we didn't leave the hotel and all we did was play Mario Kart anyway. So it's all about hockey and that's why we're here. So, Does it remind you of uh, maybe back youth days when when you guys would all go on a, at a tournament in some city and, and be at the same hotel? I mean, do you, do you run into – uh, obviously, you got to be socially distant and whatnot, but do you see a lot of the other players from other teams? Yeah, I mean, I honestly thought that exact thing today. Uh, Bus is peeling out of the parking lot, and uh, you're seeing, you know, Dallas, Nashville, Minnesota, all these other teams playing uh, two, ch- two touch or soccer, warming up in the parking lot outside the rink. And, it made me think of just like, uh, you know, a bunch of kids that love hockey playing a triple-A summer hockey tournament on the road. Um, but now we're all grown up and we're all professionals, so it's it's kind of cool in that way. Um, so, yeah, in that sense, it, it did bring me back a little bit to hockey terms when I was a kid. We talked to Corey via Zoom on Saturday, and uh, he discussed what it was like for him dealing with COVID-19. Have you talked to him much about it? And, and what did you take away from your conversation with him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he was feeling too hot. Um, but he looks good now. I think he's feeling pretty good. He looks good on the ice. So, you know, I think it's just a, a good example, again, that, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of severe cases and we got to be careful. But, um you know, a guy like Crow takes good care of himself, and, and uh, he's bouncing back pretty well. 
And you said last week, if there's anybody that can ramp up quickly, it, it's it's Corey. So how has the process looked from Saturday till now, uh, just watching him uh, during practice? Yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's been the uh, he's been the talk of, you know, the last little bit of camp here to see if uh, he was going to be ready to go. And, you know, I, I think being game ready is a whole different story. But if, like I said before, if there's anyone that can mentally turn it on and find a way to, to, to get whatever we can out of his body to, to, you know, stop pucks, to see pucks and just, you know, he's, he's such a, a mental goaltender that, uh, he seems confident. Um, and I think he knows that he can kind of, uh, call forth that, that, that type of performance. And, and, uh, you know, I think we're pretty confident too. So I, I've been trying my best to not put too much pressure on him, but we expect big things as always. <laughs> uh, even with you, with uh, with Kane, with Dunks, Crow, and, and Saad, the majority of your teammates don't have playoff experience. You guys are the youngest team in the tournament. So is there a question that some of your, your younger teammates are asking you or advice that you, you give about playing on this stage for the first time? Some little things here and there. I think, you know, young guys like hearing some old stories of what it was like when, uh, you know, we had some success in the playoffs. But ultimately, um, I think, you know, guys like Kirby and, and Bokey, I think they're pretty confident and excited to prove themselves uh, this time of year. Um, you know, so it's not like they have to ask too much or get to know too much. They're, they're looking forward to getting that experience and, proving to themselves and proving to their teammates what they're, they're capable of doing for their team. So, um, and I think from our standpoint, it, it's really just comes down to, to leading by example. Um, you know, keeping that calm when, when other teams kind of grab that momentum from you, uh, there won't be any hostile, uh, you know, atmospheres in, in the building to deal with. So, uh, it's kind of going to be the same thing for both teams in that sense. So, um, yeah, I think we're all excited to go play playoff hockey. It's going to be new for everybody. As you look at this series, what do you think the biggest challenge for your team is going up against the Oilers? Well, yeah, like I said, I mean, I think it's just the obvious of, of uh, dealing with their power play, staying off the, the penalty kill, and, and really trying to limit their scoring chances, especially their big guns. So, um, you know, a lot of our talk this week uh, has just been our, our defensive game. Um I think we, you know, we see like Stromer's line and Kirby's line, um, even Cart. I mean, everyone's playing pretty well, creating a lot of offense and looking good in practice. So we know the offense is going to be there. We just got to make sure we got that defensive game wrapped up. We replayed uh, all the wins from the three championship teams. I know you said you watched some of those games. I know you did some uh, reunion Zooms as well. Considering the way things have gone the last few years for the team, did watching those games make you appreciate the cup accomplishments more, or did it motivate you to want to experience that again? Oh, for sure. I mean, both. I think um, for me, the, the the shutdown in March and literally, you know, sitting around. Uh, you know, for a couple months and not having much to do because everything's locked down. No one's leaving their house. 
to me that the silver lining was being able to look back a little bit and uh, you know and think about those cup runs where the entire city of Chicago is is along uh, for the ride with you but as a player you don't really get to stop and smell the roses because that that takes away from your focus it takes away from you being able to do your job and and uh, you know so it was, it was kind of nice to be able to look back and enjoy that and appreciate uh, it for how special it really is and also not necessarily be on the clock um, for next season because everything was so up in the air. So I think um, it's been 13 seasons for me now in Chicago. And I mean, it's scary how fast it flies by. And, and for me, having that time to uh, kind of reminisce and think about that was really good to just slow things down and appreciate what I've been lucky enough to experience here in Chicago. You were nominated for the King Clancy Trophy, an award in case people don't know, uh, given to the player who best shows leadership on and off the ice and who made noteworthy humanitarian contributions to his community. You, Jonathan, were, uh, were very generous with your money for COVID relief. You used your voice following the murder of George Floyd and the riots. And you gave your time helping rebuild some of the areas that were hit hardest from the riots. Do you have any plans to use this playoff stage in Edmonton to further the conversation or, or you know, be a catalyst for, for action like the NBA is expected to do in Orlando? Uh, I, I wouldn't say, like, while we're playing games, I don't know if that's the time and place for that sort of thing. I think, um, you know, I think any time you play playoff hockey, and all the Chicago's watching, there's no doubt that as athletes, we're kind of building our platform and our following. Uh, and I think it's, it's, as everyone knows, kind of a responsibility to give back in ways that, that we feel like we're able to. And, and uh, so for me, I mean, people are excited to, to watch hockey right now. Uh, I want to go up there and play my best hockey and, and do what I can to help my team win some playoff games here. Um, and give our give our Chicago Blackhawks fans, sports fans, something to cheer cheer for, um, you know. And I think there's a time and place for that. And and you know, as in the future, I'm I'm looking forward to to more opportunities. Obviously, the nomination is is a huge honor because uh, there's a lot of guys on our team that do incredible work in the community too. So, um, yeah, I'm just following their lead, doing the best I can. It's been really cool to. Uh, work with other football players, basketball players, baseball players, guys like Sam Acho, who was uh, leading the charge for rebuilding, uh, um, you know, they bought a liquor store and, and they're going to turn it into a grocery store in Austin, just west of Chicago. Um, so I think for me, being a, a part of an initiative like that with other Chicago athletes where everyone's kind of coming together, something I've never really seen in my, my career, uh, and the chance to work with those guys from all those other sports teams has been pretty cool. Well, I know I speak for a lot of Blackhawks fans when uh, I say, you know, we've been proud to watch you the last 13 years and what you brought to the city. But I, I've never been prouder than than to read your Instagram post. And I, I encourage folks to go back and reread that Instagram post. You know, it really hit home for me. It was brutally honest. Uh, there was compassion and there was a call to action, which I think is really what uh, needed needed to be said and from your perspective. So, Jonathan, thank you for sharing that with us and good luck against the Oilers.
Appreciate the kind words. Thanks for having me, Pat. Good chat with you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Back with Charlie Romeliotis and Scott King from NBC Sports, Chicago.com. So that was my conversation a couple days ago, guys, with the captain. Uh, what were some of your takeaways from what he had to say? Start with you, Charlie. Yeah, I thought it was cool to hear him kind of reflect on those Stanley Cup runs in 2010, 2013, and 2015, particularly him saying that you never really get an opportunity to smell the roses because it distracts you from the current um, setting of the team. And you, you can ask all the great hockey players, all the great NFL players, just all the great athletes, and they'll say, what is your most favorite championship? And they'll say the next one. And so these guys are hungry for another Stanley Cup. And we even saw it with, you know, Duncan Keith on social media, you know, ready to, for, for, to chase number four. And I think it was cool to see Jonathan Tay's very introspective on those Stanley Cup runs and actually being able to kind of take a step back and appreciate those, those playoff and, and postseason runs. It's funny when we hear the guys we've asked saying, yeah, they watched the rewinds too and, and replays of those 2010 games. I mean, we're probably just sitting, you know, having a beer, eating potato chips, and then Jonathan Taves and, and Patrick Kane, those guys are sitting there watching it too. And yeah, like Charlie was saying, it, it's interesting to hear them reflect on it because they're so caught up in a moment, so caught up in making history at the time. So it is nice to, to hear that they were there watching just like the rest of us. I thought it was funny to hear him talk about how walking around I think right when they got there, all the other teams are there. Sound like some kind of adolescent summer camp. <laughs> you get like every NHL team there playing two touch. It's like, or college or something. It's kind of funny and crazy uh, to picture that. And you asked him about the King Clancy, Pat. And I was thinking about this when he got nominated. Is like, I have to go back and check each year he got nominated. But he's a guy who could be nominated every single year. What, you know, the stuff he, he was doing recently and he talked about with Sam Acho and I know Malcolm Subban was involved. He does the type of stuff every year. It, it seems like anytime the Blackhawks are are at home and, and it's an off day, you kind of read about or, or we get an invite to check out something he's doing. If it's not at a local school, it's somewhere in the community. So he's always very active and he doesn't do it for for acknowledgement. Uh, he touched on, on Crawford and I did like that he said that, uh, you know, game ready is a different thing. It, it was, uh, I think the exhibition game on Wednesday was bigger than people are making it. People are kind of making excuses for the blues. I think you're in that situation. You just had two weeks at a summer camp. You had nothing before that, whether you're defending Stanley cup champs or the Hawks, every minute matters, every game situation matters. So Crawford's going to make good use of these practices and, uh, and we'll see, but, but, but I think Jonathan was right. It's a, it's a different ball game. And Johnny was saying just how mentally Corey's able to turn it on uh, quicker than, than most and how he seems confident and, you know, he's trying not to put pressure on him. But I think everybody realizes, and I think it seems like Crow is, um, 
it, he's up to that challenge, you know? I mean, he's been through this before, uh, even though this is, uh, you know, an environment like no other for, for these players. They've never really experienced this with no crowd and whatnot. Um, I do think the the wars he's been through over the years in the playoffs will uh, probably – uh, put him in a uh, in a frame of mind that that nothing can slow him down. I thought it was interesting at the beginning when he you know he said you know it's not that much different than road trips in the playoffs in the past, which I don't think we realized just kind of how insulated the team gets on the road during a Stanley Cup playoff run. You know they don't go out to dinner; they, they usually have dinner you know in the in the team. Um, lounge area. They play the video games. So I could see where maybe this environment in Edmonton, other than obviously wearing masks and, and you know, not really being permitted to go uh, outside of, of the area, that it, it's not that far off from what they had during those other three cup runs. Yeah, even when we talked to Patrick Kane in their first media availability in Edmonton, he was saying, yeah, it's nice to have all these options like golf simulators and basketball nets and cornhole like at this plaza but then you kind of take a step back and it's like okay well you know let's remind ourselves why we're actually here and we're here to try to take advantage of this postseason run and I think it's just going to be interesting Scott you mentioned how it's just it's like you're just running into other teams and it's probably weird that you're eating your lunch and you can look across and maybe you see the Edmonton Oilers and it's going to be interesting to see though when the field does get condensed there are only going to be two teams inside the bubble for the Stanley Cup final. It's probably going to be so eerie. And, you know, I was joking around with, with my, my, my friend's group earlier saying it, it'll be like USA and the Soviets, like walking past each other in Miracle, where you just kind of head nod. And, and so it'll be funny. But, yeah, th- those guys know exactly why they're there. And back in the days, they did used to play a lot of Mario Kart. And now we're seeing them play this golf game that, um, you know, the, the golf video, ga- video game. So, yeah, it, it's a... Um, it's a business approach, but they're also trying to have fun out off the ice. I saw Delia playing. I don't know what it was, but he was playing. It. Rockford was the team he had, so I, I'm pretty sure that's not NHL 20. So what is that? I, I think 20s? you can. I think you can do the uh, the okay. HL affiliates in NHL. At least the last okay. couple of years, when <laughs> I was allowed to play a couple of years ago. It was funny. He had you know Rockford taking on Rockford, and he was, he was himself <laughs> it, in net. I'm like, yeah, it, was a, okay. it, was a, it was a very lopsided score too. I, I hope he wasn't the goaltender in that. In that now game. he's probably pulling the other goalie like I used to do. You know, make yourself feel good. Uh, um, no, I go ahead, Scotty. Oh, sorry, Pat. No, I, I was just going to say that as as much as I thought it was interesting too that they they said it's kind of you know how it is on on the road on the postseason, it's familiar. He, Tabes also mentioned that it's kind of a different story when you go to get some fresh air or, or a cup of coffee. It's a little bit challenging. So I think it's, you know, just kind of being as much as the amenities sound nice, you know, I think it's a little bit different. You lose a little bit of freedom, but at the same time, I don't think that it's affecting Taves and the Hawks because they know they're lucky to sneak in in the number 12 spot. I think they're more than happy to be there, and we saw them play with a lot of purpose on Wednesday night too to prove that. He also talked about, you know, younger players that haven't experienced the playoffs, uh, some of the interaction he may have with them. He said, you know, tell them to keep calm when, when the opposing team grabs momentum. Uh, and then when I asked him about the biggest challenge going up against the Oilers, he obviously talked about dealing with their power play, but the overall defensive game. 
And I'm wondering if what you saw on Wednesday against the Blues uh, system-wise was uh, a, a team that looks like it's, uh, it, it was buying in and, and trying to get that summer hockey out of them and, and get back to uh, a more defensive style that is going to be needed if they're going to beat the Oilers. Yeah, this definitely had a different feel than the previous exhibition games. And the Edmonton Oilers had the luxury of facing the Calgary Flames in their exhibition game. And that was a battle of Alberta in the middle of the regular season. And it definitely spilled over into this exhibition game. But I also think that there was intensity between the Oilers and Flames because both of them are going right into a five-game play-in series. Whereas you know, the Blackhawks, obviously the Blues are a great test, but then you're like, wow, this intensity of this game isn't as high as they were in the previous games because you, you remind yourself that the Blues have to play in three round robin games before they actually get to the postseason. So they're trying to, you know, just get their legs underneath them and probably weren't, um, the motives for each team were, were very different. But yeah, I thought it was a well-structured game by the Blackhawks. And I honestly, they're going into that series against Edmonton feeling confident in all areas like the power play was clicking the penalty kill both goaltenders pitched a shutout um Patrick Kane Jonathan Taves Kirby Doc, Dominic Kubelik they all had multi-point games so it's not like you can pinpoint one area where ah, maybe they had a tough night on the penalty kill that they have to clean up before Saturday they're really feeling good about themselves going into that series but at the same time they won't tell you that they're going to say we're not going to get too high on ourselves we know that the Oilers are going to be a very lethal group come Saturday. I agree with Charlie. I think they, they worked on and they had success in every area they needed to, especially on Saturday against the Oilers. But that lack of intensity that the Blues had could hurt them. You know, I, I, again, I'm not, not going to make excuses for the Blues. They should be playing hard and getting ready for the tournament like everybody else, even though you know, it might not matter as much a game like that. But if you watch the other games, yeah, Calgary, Edmonton, a lot of intensity. There's a fight in another game. We're talking exhibition game in a bubble. There's a fight. Guys, guys know they have a shot here at the Stanley Cup, and they're getting ready. So, you know, I think the Hawks are obviously anticipating more intensity and more purpose from the Oilers, who are a very dangerous team. But, yeah, great night for Crawford, just seeing 11 shots, settling into the net. He got bumped early on by Perrieco. He was fine. Just, you know, getting a little contact, seeing some pucks, playing half the game in net. I think it was perfect for him. Kubalik looked great. Uh, special teams, two power play goals there. So, yeah, everything they need to work on pretty well, and I think they'll be ready to match Edmonton's intensity. Lastly, the, the last topic I have with John, you know, this few months away from the game uh, allowed him to, uh, well, it show his, his philanthropy and, and his, um, his compassion uh, by donating money to COVID relief, by using his voice in a careful way following the murder of George Floyd and the riots, and then, you know, the actions he took uh, on the West side. Um, so, you know, basically when I asked him, you know, are you going to use this stage to, to kind of further the dialogue? He said, you know, not while we are playing games. Uh, do you think anybody else will? Like we saw the anthems played uh, before Wednesday's exhibition game. Could you see any players um, using this platform, this, this forum to, to uh, further this cause and, and continue dialogue? Yeah, I absolutely can. And I don't know if it'll be select players. Maybe they'll be more outspoken on social media, like guys like Evander Kane, you know, they've been very outspoken throughout 
um, this pandemic and even wanting to put these issues at, at, at the forefront of everyone's mind. But we're already seeing it, and we saw it in the exhibition games where guys were lined up on the blue line together, even the opponents. It, you know, the, the very first game, the Penguins and Flyers, it, it was Penguin-Flyer, Penguin-Flyer, and same on the other blue line. And I thought showing unity like that is a great way to kind of raise awareness, but also show that the NHL is hoping to take strides. And I loved, I lo- you know, Jonathan Taves is so great in this, in this area because not only was he so insightful in his Instagram posts, but like you said, Pat, he put his money where his mouth is. And he also, his actions spoke louder than his words. Like he was out there with Malcolm Subban and Sam Acho and all some Chicago athletes during a pandemic. And so it was, um, it was cool to see that in every area, Jonathan Taves was one of the leaders um, at the forefront. And, and I'm sure, it, I mean, it's such a perfect representation of him as a leader, as a person, and just as an ambassador for the city of Chicago. You know, th- that, that Sam Acho um, experience, you know, that wasn't team related. That wasn't through the Blackhawks. It's not through, you know, Jonathan's foundation. This was, you know, these were athletes getting together, uh, obviously people putting each other in touch. But, it, yeah, to me, it, it speaks volumes when you see someone um, put action to, to the words that they put out there and, and do it in a way that um, it, it's not to benefit their personal uh, view or their their profile or whatever. It, it's just out of out – of, um, educating themselves on the topic and then uh, realizing change needs to happen and then being part of the change. So um, certainly he's deserved of the the King Clancy trophy nomination. And uh, Scotty, I'll let you have the floor just to, to finish things up. Yeah, no, that's why I think he can win the King Clancy every single year because he does a heck of a lot more been talking and and I I agree a lot with what Charlie was saying I think there's plenty of opportunities for players to do something in unison to make some kind of statement they're not on a baseball field like where you would normally be in your sport I think they're they if you don't see something right away I think it's because maybe they're getting used to a lot of the bells and whistles of bubble life as we talked about a little bit earlier but I think it's very easy to throw on a t-shirt stand together do something in unity yeah and I I do believe that every player will have a chance to to have a decal on their back or, or have a hashtag we skate for I skate for. So I think it's going to be cool to see as the Stanley cup playoffs go on the, the platform that those guys use and, and what they put, put on that to, um, to, to what they skate for and represent. So that's a wrap on this edition of the Blackhawks talk podcast. Again, we're going to have podcasts after each and every game. So Saturday's game one, which uh, commences at 2 o'clock Chicago time in Edmonton. Uh, We will have a podcast dropping later that day. Uh, That is going to do it for this edition. Our thanks to Jonathan Taves for joining us. Uh, My thanks to Adam Roguin and to John Steinmiller for their help and assistance to set that up both in Edmonton and Chicago. And we uh, thank you, as always, for listening. For Charlie, for Scott, I'm Pat, for everybody on the Blackhawks Talk Podcast Beat. We'll catch you next time. NBC's got something special for you. Introducing our brand new streaming service, Peacock TV. 
from live sports to news, documentaries, and even some of your favorite shows. NBC Universal's new streaming service, Peacock, has it all. Learn more at PeacockTV.com, exclusive home for all of NBC Sports' free Premier League coverage, In Deep with Ryan Lochte, Lost Speedways hosted by Dale Earnhardt Jr., and so much more. That's PeacockTV.com to learn more.